This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. galaxies we hear, we've so down I can see your so sincere. Oh, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. This week I decided to follow in Brianne's footsteps and provide sort of a mini sode, if you will. I finally started reading Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, and I'm I'm embarrassed to say I finally started it because I've had the book for probably six months, and one of my uh, students at the Hopkins program keeps asking me if I've read it, and shamefully I was not able to say yes, and so I'll be telling that student soon, and she knows who she is, that I've finally started reading it. Um, if you haven't had a chance to pick up that book, I would highly recommend it. It's a it's a great read and, and gives you lots to think about. And one thing that Glennon Doyle talks about in this book is this idea of, you know, talking about or asking someone what's wrong, right? And I can remember, and I still still in, in, um, encounter this when I'm not feeling myself or something is off or, and I even do it to others if I'm sensing that something's going on. I often lead with a question like, what is wrong? And as I read Glennon Doyle's book, I was struck by her points regarding our need for everything. You know, we often try to make everything uh, or work for things to be happy, delightful, pleasing. And, you know, in my own sort of notion of this, smoothed over. And it seems, and, and I can recall, you know, it seems that we're often, I don't know if desperate's the right word, but. We work really, really hard and spend a lot of energy trying to sort of smooth it over and make sure, you know, we're doing well, we're feeling good, things are running smoothly. Um, And I can remember as a kid always thinking that if something were wrong, I was somehow bad or doing something inappropriate or that I maybe I risk not being liked or um, appreciated by others, my teachers, my friends, my family. So like I said, I, I remember working really hard and I spent a ton of energy, um, at least at a minimum, trying to p- appear as if nothing was wrong. I can even remember my mom saying, and I bet she remembers this, she would often comment that I was just so good at making it seem you know, that I was okay, that no one was ever the wiser. I could walk into a room and be really upset or nervous about something and no one would have a clue. I could just really pull it off. And at the time I thought, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm strong. I'm able to manage my emotions and and push things down. 
I had the gift, um, not so much anymore, but when I was younger, I definitely had a gift for pushing down my feelings, my emotions, and projecting whatever I thought was appropriate for the moment. What Glennon Doyle reminds us of is that life is hard. Life, and she says often in the book, the one shot that we have, right, this one life we have to live is work. Life is the work. And if anyone is telling you that it's easy, if they're showing you that, you know, things are smoothed over, that there are no problems, I'd encourage you to question that. It made me think about why or when we ask our friends and colleagues, loved ones, kids and others, what's wrong? I wonder why we lead with that question when we're inquiring about how someone is feeling or when we're curious about what's going on in their day or if we sense something is, you know, and even in the language I use to describe it to you, I'm saying off, right? As if there's an on or a right. Why do we assume that the sad, the mad, the frustrated, the grief, those emotions are in some sort of off or wrong category? Could we think about another way to approach these moments? And I've been thinking about that all week and, you know, trying to think about how I could change the way I engage in those kinds of conversations. And so if we sort of geek out for a moment, we could think about, you know, in, in a sense, in our day-to-day worlds, as we encounter other human beings, we are, in a sense, qualitative researchers, right? We're trying to understand the lived experiences of our friends, family, students, kids, and colleagues. And so maybe we could think about, you know, iterating that question from what is wrong to how are you feeling or what are you feeling you know, or, um, you know, maybe leading with an appreciative inquiry sort of approach, which is sort of, you know, in what, what's gone well for you today, right? I mean, can you imagine if you, (laughs) if you encountered a friend or got on the phone with someone and instead of saying, you know, you know, I sense that something's wrong, you said, well, how, you know, what successes have you had today? Maybe that's a little awkward in a social situation, but you see my point. Um, so as, as always in this podcast, we, we tend to dig into the literature a little bit. And so, you know, I did, I did find an article, it's called Examining the Role of Discomfort in Collegiate Learning and Development. It's Taylor and Baker 2020. It's a little bit different than asking a question of what's wrong, but I think it's related in the sense that Educators acknowledge that, and psychologists and others acknowledge that, you know, when we're learning something, there's often a dissonance that occurs, right? And this dissonance is this notion that there's a disconnect or um, not necessarily contradictory, but something that you're learning and taking in doesn't exactly agree with what you know to be true or what you think is true internally. So there's that dissonance, this misalignment, if you will. When that happens, we often feel discomfort. And so as educators, we tend to think that when students are feeling discomfort, that perhaps is a signal of learning. And I have to agree before I read this article and I not agree, admit that before I read this article, I think I thought that too. I still think that 
I think this article, Taylor and Baker, interestingly enough, they suggest that, you know, these ideas of discomfort and dissonance are important and we need to recognize the nuance in discomfort. What discomfort, what, what thinking about discomfort as educators and parents and others, sometimes we sort of fall into these traps and they mention three traps. The first trap is what I just mentioned, which is, well, if you're uncomfortable in a learning space, that just means you're learning. Another thing that happens is because we're trying to create discomfort, we forget to scaffold. We forget or we leave out the kinds of the supports that students might need. And the other thing we often forget, which is critically important as well, is that sometimes the discomfort is actually not a product of the learning, but a harmful product, byproduct of oppression, some experience, some trauma, um, that a student has has experienced, and that's what's causing the discomfort. So the authors go on. It's a pretty long article. I'm not going to go into all the details, but what they discovered in their their research is that, and it makes sense now that I've read it. I just hadn't thought of it this way. Is that there's really productive and destructive discomfort, and so they offer a couple of recommendations, actually three recommendations for thinking about when discomfort is productive and when it's the discomfort that we anticipate or often associate with learning. The first is noticing that it's not coming from trauma. So it's truly a discomfort that's generated by this dissonance that's resulting from a misalignment of a piece of learning that you're taking in and some prior learning that you had, not from a traumatic experience. Additionally, they suggest that the discomfort is internal and not external, right? So this internal, right? You have these internal beliefs and notions about concepts and ideas. And so as long as this discomfort is coming from internal misalignment, differences in what you're perceiving and seeing and what you know, then it's potentially productive discomfort. And the other is that productive discomfort should always be paired with support. That you don't just throw a student, a friend, a new employee, or anyone sort of into the the sort of metaphorical deep end, right, with new learning. You provide a raft or some water wings um, at a minimum or a life jacket or something to support them in their learning until they feel like they can take off that life jacket in the deep end or, or manage that learning. And lastly, and I thought this was really uh, valuable information, is they offered some ideas for us to think about from our own um, role as educators. And I know that folks who listen to this podcast, not everybody is educators, but you can think of yourself in roles as teachers, right? As mentors, as guides. And so whether it's, you know, volunteer coaching, a sports team, or giving lessons, music lessons, or theater lessons to somebody, or supporting a neighbor in learning a new task, or being a parent and helping a child, or being a caregiver and, and helping another child, or being a teacher, Um, There are some things that they recommend that we could consider as we mull over this idea of discomfort in learning. And they say, first and foremost, we should reflect on our own practices, you know, and what they mean by that is 
sort of what's the perspective we're bringing, what's our own position and privilege in this role, and are we getting to know our students in a way that we can be tuned in to when discomfort is productive and destructive. Additionally, and I had never heard it articulated this way, is to introduce discomfort inclusively. And this gives you an opportunity again to really learn about your students, to really hear from them about their experiences. And to go back to the the sort of reason I started this this pot this mini-sode is don't ask what's wrong. Ask what you're feeling. What brought you to those feelings? You know, how can we navigate those feelings? Is it something about what's going on in class today or in this moment? Or is it something else? Don't just assume first that something's wrong. Give the student, the, the friend, the colleague, the neighbor an opportunity to unpack that a little bit with you. And finally, as I've said several times throughout this episode, in order to have productive discomfort and in order to engage in a productive way with your class, your friends, your neighbors, this discomfort requires support. It requires time for reflection. It requires time to percolate. It requires time to notice and name that discomfort so that together you as a facilitator with a group or an individual can identify what part of the discomfort is productive and what part of the discomfort is destructive. And hopefully by unpacking that, you can then pinpoint sort of where to go next to enhance the learning and the experiences of everybody around you in that group or the individual or in that classroom. And so I, I hope you'll pick up Glennon Doyle's book. I think it's really good. I'm not, I'm not pitching it for any particular reason. I've just enjoyed reading it. The other thing I would do is I would encourage you as you, you know, move about this week and as we continue to navigate this crazy, you know, annoying at, at this point, honestly, pandemic, it would be really easy to say what's wrong, what's wrong today, what's gone wrong today. It would be really easy to do that. And there's lots of things that aren't going right in this pandemic, right? We know that. I would urge you, though, as you, you know, encounter people virtually or in your, you know, in your mask in grocery stores and about, think of a different question. Put on that qualitative researcher hat. Is there a different way that you can engage in this conversation? How was your day? How are you feeling? What was, what was successful for you today? I got to work on that last one. That one doesn't feel as natural, but you get the point. Lead with some successes. Lead with a more neutral question. And let's not assume that if someone's having a hard day, is feeling sad, is feeling frustrated, is angry, is upset, let's not assume that they're wrong. Let's just help them remember and to remind ourselves that life is work work that's required in life, right? Life is hard, life is work, and it's also beautiful. And if it's done well with support and kindness and empathy and time, that work and the hardness that we experience can result in some great learning. Well, I hope you'll pick up Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. I really enjoyed it. We will also post the article, Examining Role of Discomfort in Collegiate Learning and Development on our website. 
It's www.tellmethis.com with dashes between the tell me this. If you have questions or want to contribute in any way to the podcast, if you want to come on and be a guest or you want to volunteer somebody else to be come on and be a guest, we would love to hear from you at Borkowski at gmail.com. For now, please be well, be safe, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. This is a mini-sode for the podcast. Tell me this. Take care, everybody. So sincere Under the glaciers of your last year Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.